0: This place is pretty warm, so we're going to call it part of Africa. (laughs) We don't have a name yet. Tropical. (laughs) This is tropical Africa.
1: Welcome to episode 60 of the Humanist Agenda podcast. My name is Kenny. I'm Sherry. And I'm Rory. And it's 2022, finally. We made
0: it. We did it. We survived. <laughs> Yay. Yeah.
1: So, what disasters do we think is going to happen in the next week?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, just before we could get to 2022, we had Betty White die, which was very sad. I know. She couldn't even make I'm it sad. out of that, like, crummy 2020, 2021 years.
1: To me, I feel like Betty just said, forget it, screw it, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, she's an iconic legend and very sad to see her go. Mhm. Any just, particular
1: TV shows that you liked her in?
0: Um, I mean Golden Girls is obviously one of the best ones, but um I just I just love seeing her interview. She's like a comic genius. I just love her. She always just comes out with stuff that you don't expect. She's so cute. I love her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. What about
1: you? Yeah. She'll she'll be missed. I uh I've definitely seen some episode of Golden Girls that I enjoyed. Um yeah, and, and she's been in
0: um movies and roles. Yeah.
1: Yeah. lots of yeah. cameo roles, which I thought were really funny.
0: hmm.
1: Her and uh, uh Ryan Reynolds, I yes. think are a very, <laughs> very good combo <laughs> together.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> rory has Gosh. no
1: idea what we're talking about no i mean who's course, betty
2: white no, I, i'm of course aware of who betty white is but i honestly never really followed anything that she's done she's just another celebrity in my eyes i i wish that i could uh feel something as strongly as you two do but uh she was just always on the periphery for me what did she do with ryan reynolds like what she's done show? a few
1: skits, and there there was a movie I can't remember the name of, but I think they had a movie together as well. So, Oh yeah, I don't know. She's she's been in like all these various random skits and things like that. She's been on SNL, so mm-hmm.
0: and TikTok. I'm I'm sure there's some like Ryan Reynolds, Betty White TikTok out there. Who knows? Just because you're not on TikTok, Rory, you don't get it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not about TikTok anymore. The next thing's the metaverse, remember?
0: Oh, yeah. Metaverse. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to get some Betty White into the metaverse <laughs> somehow. <laughs> <laughs> We're going. She'll
1: survive in a metaverse.
0: <laughs> Betty White's ghost. <laughs> yeah. How do we, I mean, we we are starting off a lot better this year. We, so far, have not had an insurrection, but there's still time because it happened on the 6th of January last year.
1: Exactly. So we're recording this on January 2nd, and there's definitely still time for the year to (laughs) fall apart.
2: Time enough for us to have to backtrack that real quick.
0: (laughs) Do we think this year's going to be better? Hard to say. (laughs) I'm
1: optimistic. Cautiously optimistic, but Mm. we'll see. Do you think we know Omicron will still be a issue this year, mm-hmm. and who knows what other problems will creep up this year? Mm-hmm. Do you two feel like the response to Omicron
2: has been really muted and downplayed compared to the other variants? Like we've got the yes, highest cases, I feel, I, and nobody I feel cares. Like
1: all, I feel like every government has decided. Well, you know what. We're just going to give up.
2: <laughs> We're yeah. up. Yeah. That's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> they got so
0: burnt out and they're like, ah, whatever. They're not allowed uh, to
2: get burnt out. They have a responsibility <laughs> to not get burnt out. <laughs> I,
1: I, I think, yeah, at this point, they've just given up. It's just like, whatever. PCR testing? Don't worry about it. We're just not going <laughs> to... Don't go get tested. We're not going to count it. Reporting in schools... Don't worry about it. Forget it. We're not reporting anymore. <laughs> oh, boy. It, it honestly starts to feel like the the movie Don't Look Up. I don't know if you guys heard about I that movie. I did see
0: that one. Yeah.
1: Oh, you saw it. I've heard about it. I haven't
2: uh, seen it, though. That's an asteroid yeah. one, isn't it?
1: Correct. Yes. Or a comet in the yeah. movie. But yeah, just comet crashing to Earth. Don't worry. Just... Just don't look up.
2: (laughs) That's all you need to do.
1: (laughs) COVID cases spiking. Don't worry. Just don't report. (laughs) Don't look at it.
0: (laughs) Uh, I am worried about getting Omicron. I hope that I won't, but I feel like we all will at this point. Yeah. I got my booster, though, which is exciting. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) I got the half-dose Moderna. And now I'm kind of sad because I see like other places offering Pfizer and they were only offering Moderna where I went. And I was like, "Ah, I should have looked for somewhere that was doing Pfizer because Pfizer is a full dose. But I don't know if the effectiveness is different. I don't know. Uh,
1: So maybe just I think Moderna was a good choice. Moderna, you have uh, 50 micrograms of mRNA. Pfizer full dose is only 30. So you actually got a higher dosage of you got
0: more oh, sweet. <laughs> oh, you just made my made me feel better about my choice. <laughs> I just went for the earliest possible time I could get my booster.
1: In in reality, um, the highest antibody count actually comes from two Pfizer's, one Moderna. <laughs> so mm. really, I
0: have Pfizer, Moderna, Moderna now. So
1: okay, you'll I'm you'll close. still have a very high count. Yeah, yeah. M- Moderna tends to perform a little better so but they don't really want to advertise that but (laughs) just to let you know
0: (laughs) okay thank you (laughs) i like how our our dosages are now a talking point it's like oh i got pfizer moderna moderna what did you get
1: (laughs) was there an equivalent previous to vaccination that we would talk about something like that (laughs) i don't know probably not It's, it's, it's going to be like the next, and when we finally get back together, talking to people and introducing ourselves to people, it's going to be about, so what did you get? <laughs> it's not just, how's the weather? How are the kids? Hey,
2: what was your combo? What did you get No, it, it's, it's
1: not going to be like, you know, oh, where did you go to school? You know, things like that. The, one of the first questions that are going to be, so which one did you get? Pfizer or Moderna? <laughs> which combo? <laughs> Oh, well, so let's cross our fingers twenty twenty two i'm I'm being optimistic. i want to be optimistic and mm. we'll check in in December. <laughs> see what happens <laughs> okay so but back in twenty twenty one uh one of the news items that came about was Barbados decided to cut its ties to the queen, so We want to jump onto that topic and talk about it. So,
0: Yeah, I actually brought this topic to you because I was like, this is a really cool thing that happened. I wish we could do this, but we'll get to that later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because, uh, yeah, there was a news story that came up and Barbados was celebrating. I can't remember. It was like their hundredth something or other. And um, they... Uh, in that celebration, we're, we're like, we are going to ditch the queen. Uh, we don't want to be part of, you know, this history of colonization anymore. And so uh, the queen is no longer our head of state, which is super cool. Um, so I kind of did a little bit of a history of Barbados because I didn't really know much about it. Um, so originally, uh, it was inhabited by the Amerindians is the name of them. It's a couple, or a few, I guess, indigenous tribes. Um, The Arawak and the the Carib indigenous people are part of that. And eventually, uh, the Portuguese came to Barbados when they were going sort of en route to to Brazil. Um, And so uh, that was sort of who lived there before the English got there. Uh, And so in 1625 to 1644, there was some English colonization that happened. And so the first ship arrived from England, and they claimed Barbados for King James I. Um, And one of my favorite comics ever is Eddie Izzard. And I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a a British comic, but you should look up. uh, He has this video um, about how England colonized all of these other places. And so he talks about how uh, they arrived in, uh, in India, and they said, "I claim India for Britain." And, <laughs> and then there's this uh, Indian person there, and he's like, "You can't do that. We live here." <laughs> and then there's this whole like exchange between them. And I just think it's so funny that like that sort of reminds me of this is like some some ship, of English people arrived in Barbados and they were like, yeah, this is King James, the first land. Now (laughs) I claim this land. We landed
1: here. (laughs) We landed here. We planted a flag. It's ours. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yes, Prepare to be discovered. (laughs) Small Caribbean (laughs) Island.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And and that's part of the, the little debate that these two people in this comedian skit have is that I planted a flag. So this is my territory. Um, quite funny. You should look it up. I don't do it justice, obviously. Um, but that's that's sort of our our first contact with England here. Uh, and so when they arrived, the colonists of England established a government. And so, um, you know, people who had a good financial background who were obviously colonists because they had the currency uh, and social connections to England were given plots of land. Uh, So immediately all of this land was taken away from the people who already lived there and given to these colonists. Um, So in the 1630s, sugarcane was introduced to agriculture. So they actually brought sugarcane over because it's easy to grow there. uh, and, And they just sort of made huge cash crops of, of sugar cane, and that was their their big export. Um, Much like when they came to Canada, it was the fur trade, um, and they maybe worked a little bit better with the Indigenous people of Canada, but not great uh, in order to exchange fur. So uh, essentially what England is doing, they're going to all these different places, and they're like, what can we extract from resources? Um, But Barbados is a small island and so they had to meet some labor demands um and so uh they ended up you know kidnapping people and using convicted criminals to use as slaves to uh to get this cash crop going right so they ended up uh their big export then became slaves and sugarcane um so unfortunately that was uh that was sort of what happened then um but then uh Barbados got freedom from slavery in 1838 uh which is really nice Barbados first occupied by the british in 1627 and remained a british colony until they were granted internal autonomy in 1961 um so uh that was the their first real step in into you know pulling away from this colonization history uh, and so then in November 30th of last year, like you said, they became a republic and uh, renounced the queen as their their head of state, which was very exciting news. And, and Rory, I think that you have a little bit more on this.
1: Sure.
2: Um, well, let me just uh, start out by saying that I, I was looking at some of the problems with underdevelopment when I started my research. You know, since that's pretty typical of the conversation where uh, colonialism is concerned, you know, a lot of the time colonies become, you know, just resource feeders to the more wealthy nations that oversee them, like the sugarcane that you were mentioning. And they frequently develop uh, a monocrop agriculture focused almost exclusively on exports, which leaves their nation dependent on imports and in a position of, you know, constant subordination.
0: I find that super interesting, that, that when we go to these other countries, we're like, we only want this one crop from you. Mm-hmm. And and so it, it really depletes the biodiversity in those in those countries.
2: Exactly. Yeah, think about all those nations that are just basically like coffee bean feeders, and they have no mm-hmm. ability to be self-sustaining. And of course, that makes a handful of elites inside those nations exceedingly wealthy but it leaves the poorer working classes without a leg to stand on. And as I said, no self-sustainability. I also found when I was reading through things that colonies seem to tend toward authoritarian rule and they reject democracy or anything that the elites see as undercutting their power and independence. And if you were to look at an example like the indigenous population in Australia, you'd see that colonization was just an outright form of domination involving forcible takeovers of land like Barbados that you mentioned, and exploitation of the people and land, ignoring any laws, customs, or rights held by those indigenous people before they got there. But after I read several articles, I landed on a story that really struck home for me in illustrating just how useless the imperial powers are for helping the colonies. And that story was all about Barbados. So Barbados stands out since it recently declared independence as you said and also because it was one of the worst run colonies in the British Empire while it was part of the British Empire and one of the main reasons for this is the interplay between the British imperial power and the formerly in charge white creole elites that operated on the island as its governing power now taking a look back to the post World War 1 period Britain was struggling to pay the costs of imperial occupation and saw revolts in Egypt and riots in India, and that was in response to their rejection of expanding rights for colonial peoples. Britain at the time responded in a manner very unbecoming of a benevolent civilizing nation by violently suppressing the uprisings, which naturally led to criticism of their tactics and a lot of traction being gained for this idea of trusteeship. And that's kind of an update of the the 1800s civilizing missions that they used to stand for now the colonizing power was supposed to have a responsibility for advancing the standard of living and well-being of their colonial subjects this was early 1920s this idea really took off again right after World War one in France the interwar doctrine came to be known as a oh, watch me butcher my French right here my son feel that was free to question uh, mark yeah, yeah <laughs> Unless any French listeners are listening to that, they're <laughs> probably covering their ears. Like, oh my! They're offended. They're, what they're was offended.
1: That? <laughs> I don't think but that any, was too
2: bad. You did pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I tried. I tried, but anyways, it it stressed uh, improvement of subject populations is an integral part of French imperialism, and the British Empire similarly codified an emphasis on protecting native welfare in. Sir Frederick Lugard's 1922 Dual Mandate in British Tropical Africa, which, even though it specifies Africa, came to apply uh, to broad policy towards the colonies of the empire during the interwar period.
0: I find that so funny that they've done that. It's like... This place is pretty warm, so we're gonna call it part of Africa. <laughs> we don't have a name yet. Tropical. <laughs> this is yeah. tropical
1: Africa. But really, but really, geography is so man-made. Like all these, <laughs> yeah. you know, like continents, it's it's a man-made concept. <laughs> like, what are continents, anyways? <laughs> Absolutely. So, Barbados.
2: We have this doctrine of trusteeship that implied that Britain should focus on improving health and sanitation and improving the living conditions in the colonies. That meets with the worst run colony with the poorest sanitation, risk of disease and malnutrition that they had in the empire. And Britain was legitimately motivated to change this, both to address the scrutiny they were facing. You know, Barbados had the highest infant mortality rate in the British Empire at the time. Uh, In some years, nearly half of newborn infants died before the age of two. That's half. But there was also a strategic purpose. If they could produce a healthier colonial labor force, then that should mean more effective resource extraction for Britain. Yay! As well as less likelihood of revolt and resistance. So stability for imperial power. Everything good if we just improve health and sanitation. It's a win-win. Yeah, yeah. it seems like it on the surface, but here's where it gets complex, my love. Niece. Does it
0: seem like it on the surface?
2: It doesn't seem like it to me. <laughs> ah, In Barbados, the British government ruled hand-in-hand with, as I said, the local white Creole elites. They were the descendants of those settlers who mentioned Sherry, who migrated to the Caribbean to seek their fortune in the New World. A lot of white plantation owners and merchants formerly slavers, as you mentioned. And while they professed to have a, a deep loyalty to the British crown, even referring to their colony as the Little England of the Caribbean, they had pretty strong resistance to any attempt by Britain to influence their local policies. And Britain falsely assumed that these Creole legislators would see the value in bettering the health conditions. Instead, they, they were met with a sustained opposition by the white upper class of Barbados. See, the Creole elites relied on something they called the vestry system, which incorporated the church into their government and relied on it to collect taxes and provide local services like sanitation and road maintenance. And these vestries were almost solely concerned with protecting their wealth and property. And so the latter half of their responsibility, providing sanitation and roads, got continually downplayed in order to rein in and reduce spending. Where have we heard that line of reasoning before? They also avoided paying salaries to professional officials and instead relied on volunteers and lay people to serve as their commissioners of health and sanitation. And, you know, just taking it to the ground level, the result is you have private citizens who had to dispose of their own sewage at their own expense. So you'd see them just carrying open buckets from cesspits to the sea. That's their level of sanitation in Barbados at the interwar period. So the British power, it sends a a public commission to assess the situation and recommend changes. But rather than leading to any administrative changes, there was this concentrated backlash by the planter and merchant elites. You know, these charming guys fell on the or fell back on a belief in eugenics arguments to justify the high mortality rates in their colony as a natural solution for overpopulation.
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs)
2: Funny how survival of the fittest always fits most comfortably in the mouths of people who have nothing to lose and lots of wealth to gain by saying that we can prevent public spending and let the weak die out. Mm -hmm. So, to their credit, the British imperial powers found this problematic, or troubling, as the article I read said. (laughs) But the peculiar relationship that they had with Barbados meant that they were relying on the goodwill and compliance of the Barbados elite You'll recall how they're feeling the money crunch around this time. And so the only way they were going to enforce changes on public infrastructure and spending was to overturn the Barbadian constitution and bring it under direct British control. And they couldn't do that because they were worried it would signal to the upper classes in the other British colonies, that ones with relatively stable systems, that they didn't have the support of the British government and that they too were in danger of being Uprooted. So Britain did nothing. And now I think Barbados serves as a prime example of how neutered and ineffective British imperialism is at promoting any kind of trusteeship, and their legacy remains one of exploitative colonialism.
1: So how do we get to a place where Barbados decided it's time to say goodbye to the monarchy?
2: Good question. I guess that happened sometime in the 1960s, I think you said, uh, Sherry, is when they first started to cut ties?
0: Well, that's when they um, they were granted internal autonomy. So this is still like, you know, the Britain monarchy is like, okay, we'll give you this, maybe to to sort of pacify them a little bit. Um, and they've met certain requirements. So So it's still sort of like they maybe don't want to be a part of the the British colonies, but um, are kind of navigating that system anyways.
2: One thing I started worrying about after I read this article was, yes, they're declaring independence from Britain, but what does their leadership cast look like now? I think I read that in the very, very recent, you know, 2021, they're a republic, but... In the sixties, was it just, you know, falling back on these same jerks who are saying, Yeah, let the weak die out. We don't need to spend a dime on public spending. You know, who was it that took the leadership role? And I, I wish I had the answer, but
0: Yeah. I think from what I read, the um really the uprising of Black Lives Matter has really helped push Barbados to to decide to cut ties. I think that was one of the b- really big things because they they truly suffered at the hands of of the British um, colonization. Mm-hmm. So I think that movement really helped spark this with them, and I think that's sort of how they were able to, to start to cut ties.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, Barbados, uh, they've been talking about um, becoming a... Uh, republic for some time. They actually had to have a constitutional review um, in 1998 that recommended that they actually become a republic. So it's been discussed uh, for a while. And uh, it, it was significant when uh, the Prime Minister of Barbados uh, essentially cast that decision to leave, uh, uh, quoting to quote the, uh, the prime ministers, you know, to leave our colonial past behind and really to at least move forward with kind of the, the next chapter in their history in terms of not um, uh, trying to di- di- divorce themselves from uh, these past colonial uh, history.
0: It's such a tricky thing to get, uh, to sort of divorce yourself from the, the head of state being the queen I know that Australia has talked about it for a while as well and um, just hasn't done anything just because, you know, a lot of the, our government structure was set up by the British colonization structure. So uh, it's it's hard to extract yourself from that.
1: Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I mean, it's, uh, to me, it sounds like it's very symbolic, right? I mean, they are still technically part of the commonwealth right now yeah and Yeah, Barbados they, is still part of commonwealth mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's uh, very symbolic that they have uh, they're not beholden to <laughs> a, a queen Yeah. even though technically you know they weren't uh, uh, but you know symbolically it kind of at least shows that they are uh, moving past uh, the fact that they that they you know have a queen that kind of governs them from the top mm-hmm
0: mm-hmm I find the the Commonwealth to be an interesting thing um because i i also I did learn that they they just sort of separated themselves from having a queen head of state uh so they're they're a republic but they're still within the Commonwealth, so they're still within this colonialist structure. Um, so I was interested in what is a commonwealth, because I know that we're part of a commonwealth. But if you had asked me, no idea what a commonwealth
2: is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rory, do you know what a commonwealth is, to say that we're part of a I, commonwealth?
2: <laughs> I don't have a, a proper definition for you, Sherry. I, I'm my, my,
1: assumption, yeah, my assumption is that being in a commonwealth is you're just part of a club.
2: Yeah. Part, of, the part club. of a club <laughs>
1: with no... Uh, you know, governing powers to command <laughs> specific <laughs> countries to do anything, but you're still part of a club,
0: and that is exactly how is it. It has been described. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you hit the nail on the head, there, Kenny. Yeah, so I went to a few government websites and, and looked it up and was like, what is this Commonwealth thing that we are a part of?
1: Did they try to describe the Commonwealth as something, like, really
0: yes, grand
1: and yes. special? Yes. <laughs> because I, I feel like governments have to try to justify why they are part of a Commonwealth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: So what
1: yeah. are the so, perks? What's good about being okay. in the Commonwealth?
0: Okay. You I, get a
1: membership card <laughs> <yeah>.
2: and- <laughs>
0: A secret um, so.
1: handshake as well with the queen.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, you do get those things. Um, so the government of Canada describes the Commonwealth as a values-based association of fifty-four countries, most with historic links to the United Kingdom, and home to over two point four billion citizens over five continents. So I think there's like seven billion people in the world. So we're the Commonwealth is about a third of the population of the world, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. And so we joined the Commonwealth as an independent state in 1931. And the government said, The mandate of the Commonwealth is to serve the needs of its member governments and their citizens in political, economic, and social development. The Commonwealth also provides a forum for deliberation, problem solving, consensus, decision making and action on matters of importance to its membership. Mm. It's it's a very, you know, grandiose thing. Yeah, (laughs) it
2: it makes it sound like we're going to swoop in and help one another whenever one of the Commonwealth nations is in crisis or in jeopardy that The other ones are going to band together arm in arm. We're going to help out.
0: (laughs) Yes. And it actually also says um, that the Commonwealth advocates for small and vulnerable states, (laughs) (laughs) helping to strengthen their climate and financial resilience and inclusion in the global order. Oh, how wonderful. And, (laughs) (laughs) And each year they select a theme. And the theme for 2021 was Delivering a Common Future, Connecting, Innovating, Transforming. Who knows where mm. they get these? It's like the UN; <laughs> they choose like a new theme for the year, and it's just yeah. Well, whatever. remember in
1: our yeah. in our last episode, the our, our the year of peace, right, was for twenty twenty one peace. <laughs> <And> yeah, <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So it's actually just pretty much a club. So you've got. Uh, these Commonwealth heads of government and, it, and they, they have a meeting every two years where they discuss current issues and progress on their commitments and things like that. Um, and so there was supposed to be one in 2020 that didn't happen. Um, it was, I think, supposed to be happening in Rwanda. Um, but the topics were sustainable, uh, sustainability, economy and environment, health, governance and the rule of law youth and technology and innovation who knows what they were going to talk about
1: on those (laughs) that's so many it's almost like there's there are so many topics it becomes meaning meaningless right right
0: i know (laughs) it's a
1: conference it's gonna be about everything
2: (laughs) it's so general (laughs) do you remember royal canadian air force where they had the cannon and they would load it up with a bunch of crap and then shoot at a portrait yeah that's what this reminds me of they're just loading a bunch of the nice sounding verbiage into a can and just shoot it at a portrait and like yep that's what we are this year (laughs) yep Yep.
0: i have some fun facts about commonwealths although i don't know how fun they are um but there are some members of the commonwealth who actually were not part of the british empire so they just decided to join later join this club um So Rwanda was colonized by Germany and Belgium, but they became part of the Commonwealth in about 2009. And Mozambique became part of the Commonwealth in 1995. Um, I guess they saw a benefit in their membership. (laughs) want to be part of the club. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also lost some memberships uh, as well. (gasps) So uh, Zimbabwe left in 2003 uh, amid reports of election rigging. Um, and then they applied to be readmitted in tw- uh, 2018, um, but it's still pending approval. So they may or may it's not It's one of
1: those, you know, they, they threaten to leave, then they leave, but they always come crawling <laughs> yeah. back. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Pakistan was suspended, so they were kind of kicked out of this little elite group uh, because there was a military coup in 1996. Uh, but they were admitted... Readmitted four years later, assuming after the, the coup kind of settled down. Um, South Africa withdrew in 1961 after they were criticized for apartheid. Um, but then they came back in 1994. And the Maldives left in t- 2016, but rejoined in
2: 2020.
1: So <laughs> I'm seeing a pattern of... They of they always come crawling back.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I when don't the heat know is why. on, they're out.
1: The heat dies down, that, they come back. Yeah, but that's why, as I was reading, I also read the same thing that you uh, just mentioned. Uh, they always keep coming back, but I'm wondering whether, I mean, there's somewhat of a benefit um, politically to kind of say you are part of the Commonwealth. There's, um, I mean, technically you're in a alliance, and especially if you're a small country that is vulnerable, um, I mean, there's there's a a benefit to be part of a larger club, mm-hmm. knowing that you have some protections and some safety. Uh, yeah.
0: I guess. And I think that you're, like, as citizens, maybe asking how it benefits us, um, I think that we have easier travel between each of the Commonwealth countries. So, like, um, less less to do with, like, visas and stuff like that. But I I'm not totally sure.
2: It's interesting you bring up travel. I actually read that was one of the reasons Barbados avoided uh, extracting themselves from uh, from the British Empire for so long is they didn't want to create a situation that would uh, seem unappealing to British tourists who made up like a third of their tourism industry. They didn't want it to seem like they weren't a welcoming place for, for British citizens to go.
0: yeah. Well, they, they have such a, they rely on tourism so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it would be hard for them. I know it's hard for Canada to extract ourselves just because of, we have a lot of treaties with the indigenous peoples, the first nations. Uh, and so if we extracted ourselves from the British monarch, it would nullify a lot of those treaties Uh, but I think, why can't we make new treaties? Why can't we make better treaties? Because yeah. let's face it, they were probably, like, crap at that time.
1: I will also point out, I mean, those t- treaties weren't necessarily abide by as yeah. well, right? yeah. <laughs> so, I know. So, <laughs> yeah. It's one of those, like, yeah. well, yes, there's treaties, but if you don't follow the treaties anyways, what's <laughs> yeah. really the point?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, totally. A hundred percent, for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, well, yeah, but Canada. I mean, um, it, it is would be quite complicated for us to exit um, the Commonwealth. It would it would require kind of amending uh, the Constitution to replace the head of state, and unfortunately, you actually have to get several levels of approval to actually make this happen. So, uh, you need a majority approval from the Senate and the House of Commons. And of every single province. Really? So, yeah. So it would be a pretty big process of getting this. This would take years to kind of get all the various approvals to make it happen. Um, but I mean, if uh, when, at least in the recent poll from uh, Angus Reed in uh, November of uh 2021 uh more than 50% of Canadians uh believe they should not remain a constitutional monarchy uh and only a quarter of uh, Canadians say they should st- kind of remain so um it over time at least the trend is shifting towards Canadians really not caring much about <laughs> <laughs> the British monarchy and um but it, it 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 seems like i mean a lot of people still have quite a lot of respect for the queen uh but the of uh, the the guess here is you know one day when she's no longer the head of state <laughs> um attitudes might shift in Canada even more towards uh um you know leaving <laughs> the British monarchy, but at the same time it's one of those well, I mean if people want to leave. It's still a massive process to <laughs> do to actually leave, and then at the same time, uh, it, the question comes to my mind in terms of what what really is the benefit of us leaving? It's nothing. I don't I don't know if there is like significant benefits. Uh, yeah, of, and it's they're
0: just the head of state. Like it's just like a a really symbolic role. Although I did hear, uh, just I didn't even look into it, but I did read that um, in Australia, the head of state in like the nineties removed the, uh, governing leader. I can't remember if they have a prime minister or what it is. Um,
1: they have a prime minister.
0: Yeah. So yes, they do. Yes. So, uh, removed the the sitting prime minister. So I like, if, if it's a horrible situation, it sounds like it was probably a horrible situation and that's why they were removed, but like I don't know. I don't really feel like we should have to answer to the queen. And I think because this is a symbolic role that, I don't know, it's, it's more about our dignity and pride versus,
1: mm.
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. That's uh that's what this guardian article I, I read said, or one of the uh, Barbados interviewees said, is it reduces you psychologically in terms of being a citizen of your nation. And then, you have public officials who have to swear allegiance to this sovereign who is not part of your reality. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it does make a, a difference psychologically when you're, you're not beholden to the queen. I mean, maybe. there's... so
1: For there's... me, I feel like I, I would just rather just be practical in terms of why go through all this hassle when you said just literally ignore <laughs> <laughs> the queen. Just like, you know, any new money that's printed... Forget about putting your face on it. You know, <laughs> any ceremonial thing that we needed to do in a past, if you just didn't do it, like it doesn't matter. Like, there's literally like no impact that yeah, the no, Queen currently has. No enforcement, so, no consequence. So yeah, so why go through the process of getting approvals and things like that just don't do it. <laughs> You've been yeah. handed a royal decree. Well, straight
2: into the paper shredder that goes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And it goes, we throw it into the Niagara Falls. (laughs) Off it goes.
0: And even if you think about Barbados, so they got rid of their queen as the head of state and they're still part of the Commonwealth. And there's like 15 out of 54 countries that still have a queen as head of state. So even still, they're part of the the Commonwealth and being part of the Commonwealth, the uh, head of the organization is still Queen Elizabeth. Um, and it's only had two heads of the organization. Queen, uh, sorry, King George the sixth and Queen Elizabeth the second. So, so yeah, you got rid of your queen as head of state, but like the organization you're you're still a part of has you know a a head of the organization, and that's still the <laughs> queen. So I don't know. If it you're still trapped. It's there's no way out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that's why I'm more in favor of just let's just ignore it. Like it's on paper, but if you just don't pay attention to it don't have some kind of fancy ceremony associated with it like it just over time it just becomes less and less important
0: yeah yeah did you know there's other commonwealths i do (laughs) okay then this will be maybe a question for rory who do you think the other the other commonwealth is
2: who do I think the other Commonwealth is? Mm-hmm.
0: Who do you think hmm. com- composes this? There's two others. So I'll give you a few
2: guesses. Okay. Well, if they're not part of our Commonwealth, they're clearly part of an axis
1: of evil. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> Listen, I
1: think we should be joining the Commonwealth of Independent States.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think yeah, it is, Rory? That's actually my guess. The Commonwealth of is... Independent States. Who do you think it is? <laughs>
1: I bet it's a bunch
2: of uh smaller island type countries that I probably have not even heard of that have formed like a those a are the axis of themselves. evil Yes, yes, they are because they're not part of our team. <laughs> Anyone who's not on the allied team is the axis of evil, Sherry. you need to recognize
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay that's that's not it. Who is the axis of evil in our world? <laughs>
2: I, anyone who's not part of our commonwealth oh, I thought I'd been clear give about me this a country. The, the other
1: two the other two thirds of the world
0: <laughs> give me a country Rory who do you think it uh, is
2: okay who's not part of our commonwealth I guess I would be surprised to learn
0: this is not a surprised one who is the most likely <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who is the most likely to be part of the axis of evil? <laughs> well, now I feel like we've really built it up, and it's going to sound like a
2: country that I feel like we're at odds with, and I don't want that message out at all. It's just... <laughs> who do I think is not part of the Commonwealth of, of Nations under the British head? I'm going to say China is probably not part.
0: I don't know if they're a part or not. I don't know. That's not it. That's not who I was thinking, though.
2: Okay, who is not a part of our commonwealth that is noteworthy, Sherry?
0: Okay, so Commonwealth of Independent States, uh, set up in 1991, is Russia and the former uh, members of the Soviet Union. It, was China a member of the former member? No, okay. No,
1: No. so China is not part of this uh, commonwealth.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: But I wouldn't be surprised in the future if there was a Commonwealth of China that encompasses, you know,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: Hong Kong, <laughs> Taiwan, <laughs> just like the Olympics, <laughs> add up all the medals.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there's one more Commonwealth, one more Commonwealth.
2: One more Commonwealth.
0: This one's a little bit less obvious, but it's uh, it's commonly portrayed in... Um, I don't know, media, I guess, that we are always at odds with. But it happens Uh, a lot in Canada, too. Always at
2: odds with. Mm -hmm. Okay. Iran?
0: No, no. This one's funnier.
1: No. There are definitely people in Canada who want to be part of this Commonwealth. Who want to be part of this
2: Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Um,
2: It's more
0: comical than you think.
2: It's probably something... That appeals to their, their desire to be like Norwegian or something is it something Norwegian?
1: Something no, Northern Nor- who, who who in Canada who in Canada wants to leave Canada? <laughs> oh is it French?
0: Yes, yes oh. It is the international organization of La Francophone
2: Oh, they have their own commonwealth?
0: Yes, it's a group of <laughs> French-speaking countries which aims to promote the French language and increase mutual cooperation
2: Absolutely the best way to form a pillar of your commonwealth French yes. language yes.
1: <laughs> Exactly Everyone must speak French <laughs> We've got to promote it across the world <laughs>
0: I just thought it was funny that there were like, you know, like like you said Kenny, it's it's this club, it's this like um boys club or whatever, you know what I mean? Like the old old guys club and And it's uh, sort of like, oh, we're a part of this commonwealth. And and they're like, you can't be in it or you have to apply (laughs) to be in it. So they're like, no, man, we're going to get our own. We're the French. (laughs) (laughs) We want more French language.
2: (laughs) And Quebec wants to be part of that commonwealth and not our commonwealth. (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
0: (laughs) Yes. And, of course, Russia. I mean, that should shock no one.
1: Of course. I mean, not... It's literally just a very limited club to the Soviet Union, <laughs> Club Russia, yeah, Club Soviet Union. That's important. It's, it's mm-hmm. not just Russia. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a special club that really have no power. You can kick members out. You can receive new members. There's some kind of weird approval process.
2: Yeah,
0: it's bizarre.
1: But do you feel like you're benefiting because we are part of a commonwealth? Do you feel like you're special? <laughs> As an individual,
2: no. But uh, I think it is a nice thought to imagine that other nations, part of our commonwealth, might have our nation's back if something truly cataclysmic were to happen.
1: So
0: don't we have yeah. that with the UN though? Oh. Like they would have our back? I don't know. Anyway.
1: Mm, not really. UN needs to be neutral to everyone. I
0: guess.
1: Yeah. But I think, I mean, the other benefit we, we mentioned, uh, you know, there might be some travel benefits. There's, uh, That's security the benefit benefits. I would have
0: gotten is the travel yeah. benefit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think there's also, um, there, there are some groups, uh, uh, for example, you know, like LGBT activists that are leveraging kind of the Commonwealth uh, framework to try to push more LGBT rights into countries that do not, uh, into the Commonwealth countries that obviously, you know, uh, don't have protections for LGBT mm-hmm. uh, people. So there, uh, I think it's a interesting way for activists to kind of use that framework, you know, by saying, you know, these countries, you're part of the Commonwealth clearly in the past they've kicked countries out because of, you know, uh, um, insurrection, for example, or military coups, mm-hmm. but to be able to use uh, the Commonwealth status to pressure countries into, mm-hmm. uh, you know, en- engaging and adopting more human rights and things like that. So uh, I think that's one potential benefit with being part of a Commonwealth is you, you as a member uh, con- member state can... Pressure, you know, other countries to uh, move more towards, uh, uh, you know, r- rights and freedoms for mm-hmm. people that may be disenfranchised.
2: Yeah, that's a nice thought that uh, countries that are part of the Commonwealth and are, you know, have a bad track record of human rights abuses that they might be compelled to to uh, correct their behaviors.
1: But, but you know, it's. It's about just adding pressure, but really, again, it goes back to the powerlessness of yeah. this this Commonwealth. It makes it difficult to enact change, but you can at least add pressure, right? There, there, are, um, there are you know uh, organizations that are pressuring uh, Commonwealth countries to protect you know, LGBT people.
2: Yeah, what what's the or else though? What are, what kind of consequences do they face if they just say no? Nope. No, we're going to continue doing as we do. And uh, tough, tough for you.
0: Well, then you're not part of the club anymore. <laughs> you're not the in crowd. But the, thing,
1: <laughs> the, the, the thing is the the barrier to get kicked out is so high, right? I mean, like you gave some examples, right? The military coup, right? Yeah. <laughs> so
0: Apartheid.
1: Yeah. Apartheid, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, denying, uh, um, I don't know, employee, employment, protections to LGBT employees that's pretty low on their um um you know important scale
2: it's not going to get you the letter of you've been kicked out of the commonwealth eh
1: yeah
2: that's unfortunate
1: there's also the benefit of the commonwealth games
2: yeah I heard about those (laughs) can you only participate if you're part of the commonwealth there is the excellent perk of perks that's why (laughs) you want to be part of the big club
0: More sports. (laughs) More
2: sports.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's pretty much the only benefit. (laughs) Otherwise, (laughs) I don't... (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. The Queen is only head of state for only 15 countries so far. So um, I can definitely see a day when that number slowly continues to diminish. But
2: yeah. yeah. Especially if they ever tried to exercise their powers and give us a reason not to be under the control of them would, as head though. of state. Yeah, I don't think they would either.
0: Have they ever in the past? Have they? Has our head of state ever done anything? What a cushy job, eh? <laughs> I want that job.
1: <laughs> exactly. What What does the monarchy do, anyways? They just
0: they sit around and drink tea. They are a
1: They are a tourist attraction. That's all they are. It looks like it has
2: happened before in Canada, 1950s, that an appointed governor general uh, vetoed a bill in Canada.
1: Was that bill to leave the monarchy? No, no,
2: nothing like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We would like to leave. No, we're we're going to veto that. No, I don't think
2: so.
1: Uh, Does it say, or we don't
2: know? I'm just like bare bones face of uh of a google search here and it's just like uh Bestito appointed lieutenant governor da, 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 da. prime minister john Diefenbaker, 1958 I, like i typed in has the governor general ever vetoed a bill in canada and this is what come up and came up so i don't have details for you without actually
1: oh, not not in modern times so. yeah not not recently would you guys vote to leave would I vote to Today. leave the Commonwealth, Today. the club, with the
2: queen <laughs> as the head?
0: I don't vote to leave the Commonwealth, but I vote that we should get rid of her as our, our head of state. I don't think we should have her as a head of state. I think it's pointless. It's another salary to pay uh, mm. for a job that is not productive. and uh, And we're
1: going to have more space on our money. That's yeah. all I want. <laughs> We can we can like start highlighting more important people.
2: <laughs> well there's but some I'm... more fundamental question. Who would we put on our money if not uh not the queen?
0: Yes, yeah, so we'd have to reach It should be multiple people.
1: It should be multiple people.
0: Yeah. See, I I'm somebody who loves to follow the royals but in like a Kardashian kind of way. <laughs> so like you love yeah. just watching like them reality and what TV. they're doing and like watching The Crown on Netflix and all of that stuff and yeah, like reality TV. But I do think that we need to sort of phase out this idea of having a monarchy. Um, especially a monarchy that rules over, you know, all of these places that they've colonized. Because we know that colonization is problematic, highly problematic. Um, and I just don't think, I don't think Canada should be associated with that. I think that we need to change things up. And I think that starting to do that would be to get rid of our head of state. Um, yeah.
1: It's I, also, I also symbolic, like it though. Would, yeah. I mean, at a, let's say, in uh, several years from now when, you know, Queen Elizabeth passes away. I mean, that, that's like the perfect time to just <laughs> cut, cut the ties.
0: Well, I know a lot of people don't like who her successor will be, which is, I believe, Prince Charles. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. So it's perfect. It's, again, win-win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there may be, I mean... I know, like, okay, so I I feel like this is, like, much of an older generation kind of propping up the the British monarchy as, you know, this way of life that we've had for so long. But I, I think a lot of them don't like Prince Charles. I know that my, my mom, who's sort of propped up this British monarchy, and my grandma has propped it up as well. She came from England, so... Uh, you know, there's the ties there, but but they definitely didn't like Prince Charles. I do remember, and and my mom still talks about not liking Prince Charles.
2: But well, he was yeah. he was the one who screwed around, right?
0: A little the bit, team. yeah, yeah, with Diana, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Perfect. See. The, the stars are going to align. We can, this will be our one shot. To,
0: I think to that cut it, them it, out. if the succession went to Diana's children, um, so what is it, Harry or William, then I think that people would still be okay with the monarchy, which <laughs> I think is very funny because they're just likable. We just you know, scare
1: Charles. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I think that if it goes to Charles, they're going to have some problems, and I think that the Queen needs to really reassess (laughs) who she gives her monarchy (laughs) to. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You laugh, but I think it's so true. Yeah, I, they've just become these likable characters because Diana was such a yeah. likable person and lovable and she died too soon and in this tragic way.
1: But doesn't William, isn't the controversy William now about potentially like racist comments? Yeah,
0: but nobody, but like, even yeah, even the British people are like, meh, because <laughs> they vilified oh. Meghan in the press <laughs> with racism as well. So so I think their their judgment on racism is maybe a little bit skewed. Give it to you know. Give it to Megan and and Harry. <laughs> give and it to Megan.
1: wouldn't <laughs> yeah. would it give be it the Megan. biggest like biggest fu if they decide? Oh, we'll just give it to Megan. <laughs> I would love it. It'd yeah. be phenomenal. <laughs> yes. Megan's basis on all our money and- <laughs>
0: Oh, what do you think will happen to our money when Queen Elizabeth dies? Because will we have to change our? Uh,
1: are we going to have to print King Charles bills? Let's Ooh. get rid of them. That's now, what I'm saying. So if, we, if we can like remove the head of state, then we can avoid all this. <laughs> we can avoid know, it reprinting all. his face.
0: <laughs> or if we have to reprint anyways, why not get rid of the Queen as our? Or I guess it would be King Charles at that point. Get rid of him as our head of state or her whatever and then yeah. we'd have to reprint anyways we'll just reprint with something new which is i think what you're saying exactly. and i like that's, this that's what i'm saying the, i like this we,
1: we, the perfect time to do it is, you know once yeah. queen elizabeth <laughs> passes away <laughs> then we cut ties <laughs>
0: yeah it's going to be so expensive to reprint our money this is ridiculous
1: well you know it happens over time new new bills will when new bills are printed then you
0: i know but our it. entire currency would have to be reprinted
1: yeah, right? I mean, it'll take it'll take like decades.
0: It just seems unnecessary. It just seems unnecessary. I don't I don't know. Reprinting our money. This is craziness.
1: Well, well, you print new money like when new money is printed, then.
0: Oh, and you then you just change. phase out the old stuff. OK, I guess. Exactly. I guess we've done that exactly. before with like two dollar bills and whatever.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Two dollar bills. And
0: Into two names. pennies. Yeah, are pennies yeah, still pennies. around? I haven't no. seen a penny in a while. No, they don't. No, they phased out pennies. Down with the monarchy? <laughs> yeah. Is that where we landed? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> Down with the monarchy. Bar- <laughs> Throw the tea into the water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let them eat cake and then we'll enjoy our democracy improved.
2: Exactly. <laughs> At the very least, we do not need them. No.
1: Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a happy rest of 2022. Cross good your fingers. Luck.
0: <laughs> Knock on wood. Good Whatever luck to
1: everyone. <laughs> Make it a
2: good year, everyone.
0: <laughs> May the odds be ever in your favor.
2: Okay. See ya. All Bye. Right. See ya. Bye.
1: <laughs> like this will happen over. Whoops my oh, earphone <laughs>
2: popped out <laughs>